Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. We're talking under the topic of, of friend, friend, friend. And that is singular. I'm not doing it plural. We're going to start off with the relationship between man and God, woman and God, and then we'll talk about uh, the relationships in friendship. But this morning, I just want to focus on the friendship between man, woman, and God. Is that okay? So I want you to go with me, go with me to the book of John, chapter 15, verses 12 and 15, and we have a conversation with Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus is making a, a, this is a suggestion. This is a suggestion. No, it's a command. Whose command is this? This is Jesus' command. And he said, this is what he said. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Now, we could just unpack that right there. And we're talking about his contingency or his condition and standard of how to love. Not this world's standard of love, but his standard of love of love. But but we, we're going to get to the friends part. So Jesus is telling his disciples, do we have Jesus' disciples here this morning watching us online? If you're watching online and you're listening this morning and you're here with us, Jesus said that my command is this, to love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for One's friend. Is that is that is that it there? Or do, is there another one? Okay. And then he said, You are my friends. Jesus said, You are my friends. You do what I command, if you do what I command. So there's the condi- there's a condition, a contingency. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you what? What have I called you? Friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. He's revealed it. He's made it known. It's not hidden. He's sharing it. In these verses, what we are witnessing is a transitioning graduation of a group of men that had spent three plus years or so with Jesus as a teacher. Jesus was their their rabbi. Notice that Jesus doesn't call them apostles. He didn't call them teachers, prophets, evangelists, pastors, ministers, bishops. He didn't call them brothers. He didn't call them sisters. Jesus calls them, including the one that would deny him, And including the one that would betray and sell him, Jesus called them friends. 
Now, my heart is that in the next few Sundays, as we develop this, that we can learn the difference between a heavenly son, a heavenly daughter, and, and the relationship of a friend. There's a difference between a heavenly son, a heavenly daughter, and that of a friend. I want you to listen to this line that I want to give you, and I want you to make a note of it if you can, whether it's in your um, tablet, your phone, your writing down, but I want you to write this quickly. It is very possible, and we're going to learn more about this as I develop this, it is very possible to be a son or to be a daughter and still not be a friend. Let me say that one more time. It is very possible to be a son, to be a daughter, and still not be a friend. Cooper family, y'all going to have to do something. Y'all going to have to use our nursery. Use our nursery, man. Look, got the wrong hat on. She got the wrong hat on. Take that off for her. It's so nice to be able to send the kids away, isn't it? <laughs> but now, listen, I, I want us to reevaluate our relationship with God, our walk with God in this series. And I, I really have a desire for you all to go deeper in your understanding of your relationship with your Heavenly Father. Not the church, not the pastor. Many people have a you know, they rely on their relationship with the pastor or with the church or with each other. And I'm telling you, if you want something to break in your life and in your circumstance, it's not going to happen because you have a deep relationship with the pastor or with the church. It happens because you have a deep relationship and understanding of your friend, God. All right? But though God has no favorites, as a father, there are some sons and there are some daughters that he considers his friends. A friend is a deeper form of a relationship that goes a step further and deeper than any other earthly relationship can ever go. A friend relationship can run deeper than that of a parent, a spouse, children, and siblings, why can it run deeper than biological family? Why? In parenting, nothing is required to be. You simply are. Dad or mom or a sibling. There are dads that don't deserve to be called dad. But they are dad. There are moms that don't deserve the title one would feel to be mom, but because of the biological process, they simply are mom. But a friend, somebody say a friend. A friend is different. A friend is a relationship that is purely by choice. By choice. A friend is the only relationship under the sun 
that you have total and ultimate control of selecting. You can't choose your parents. You can't choose your sibling. God knows. I have ugh, my sibling. <laughs> Danny's not here, right? Okay, good. Oh, 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 sit down. Sit down. Security. That guy. <laughs> but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, we don't we can't pick our siblings and we can't we can't pick who dad is and who mom is. And some of us live weighed down, burdened down because of relationship. That that family. And we're gonna learn more and more about the difference between God's family and your family. We're gonna talk about that in the next weeks to come. So you don't wanna miss it. You don't wanna miss it. I want you to write this down if you can in your notes. You may not be able to change the people around you, but you can surely change what people come around you. I want you to write that down if you can. You may not be able to change the people around you, but you can surely change what people come around you. It's your choice. Jesus said it in John 15, 12, that greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. In, in, in other words, what Jesus is telling us is that a greater form of love exists that is even deeper than a biological love, a paternal or maternal love. Jesus didn't say that greater love has one that will lay his life down for his children or for his wife or for his uh, spouse or, or for a, a mom or a dad. No, he said for his friends. There are people that are here right now and watching and listening online that wouldn't hesitate to give mom, dad, their siblings, or their own children a resounding no in a heartbeat. But they can't seem to say no to a friend. Let me say that again. There are times we know that we've experienced that where we'll be able to say no to mom, no to dad, no to siblings, but there's always that friend, that friend that they show up unannounced. They show up without calling. They just come and you just can't say no. You all know, you all have a friend like that. I know. Mine just happens to be in my same church. I dare to say that there are marriages that have become tainted and corrupt because there's a spouse that doesn't know or have the willpower to say no to a particular friend. In many people's lives, the best thing that ever happened to a person was the meeting of a particular person as a friend. But in the same way, there are many folks that the very worst thing that ever happened to many people in their lives has been the meeting of a particular friend. Some people are better off because of a person. Other people have be, are, are worse off because of a person. When we were kids, um, 
we get in trouble and George is here and he's my school friend, my old school friend. And you guys know he, he's a buddy of mine since uh, eight, we were eight years old. And, um, and, and I remember one day going to his house and, and he was being scolded. He had just gotten punished. Um, and punish for those that don't understand, punish for us was being, you get hit, you get spanked. Yeah, you were spanked. And I think he had gotten into trouble or something. Something he did. He got into some trouble. Poor kid. That, that kid. He got into some trouble. And I remember I went to the house and his mom looked at me and she said to me, these are her words. She said, she said, I know this happened because, I know this happened because you weren't there. That's what his mom said to me about him getting in trouble. He, she said to me, I know this happened because you weren't there. And I sat there and I'm like going, absolutely. I looked at him. It was just shame and disgust just looking at him. Just... Shame on me. But I, I, I'm always grateful, and George knows this, and I share this all the time. Um, George coming to church um, when we first met saved my life. I, I had been exposed to certain things in my family, and, and I don't want to give the details now, but I have. If, if you attended our bare-knuckle conversations, we talk intimately about those things and I had been exposed from the age of eight to certain things that that really tainted and, and, and messed up my heart messed up the purity in my life and and meeting George at, at the church kind of drew me away from from those family members and um, and it was those I wanted to see him in church because we had a good relationship so I cut ties there and let me tell you something, man. There are relationships here in the body that are life-transforming. Seriously, life-transforming. And I say that my relationship with George as a kid, that really saved my life. Really saved my life. I'm not, I'm not saying I still didn't get in trouble and he didn't get... That boy always got in trouble. I mean, you know, he's almost 60 years old and he's still getting in trouble. <laughs> Love you, bro. But listen, the antonym or the opposite of the word friend is enemy. Say enemy. The definition of that word enemy is this. People or a person. A people or a person of divided loyalty. Are you following? That is what the word enemy means. A people or a person of divided loyalty. James chapter 4, this is Jesus' half-brother, and he's and he's and we'll learn more about Jesus' relationship. And I want you to know that there was a period in Jesus' life where his own family weren't his followers. And that's that's important to know. So now you have you have James who is now a follower, but there was a period in, in time where he wasn't a follower, including mama. But Jesus was completely convicted in his calling, his mission, his purpose, and this is why he was able to say, who, who, who is my brother? Who is my sister? Who is my mother? If not those that do the will of the father. Big contrast between who, who Jesus considered to be family and, 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 and family. 
Are you getting that? But this is James. Chapter 4, verse 4. He wrote these words. He said, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Let me read that again. Go back. He said, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Again, I say it again. For the next one. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. So what he is saying is by default, if you live this way, then this is what you become. It's by default. If making myself a friend of the world makes me an enemy of God, then how do I become a friend of God? How then do I become a friend of God? Repeat this with me. By making the world my enemy. This side, by making, come on, by making the world my enemy. If I want to become a friend of God, then I have to make the world my enemy. Now, I want to be careful with that. I want to be careful with that. Ooh, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that you stop loving the people in the world. And, and I'm, go, I'm going to define all of that. We'll break all of that. All right? I don't want you leaving this parking lot, giving people the finger and... and <laughs> And that's what the pastor taught. You're my enemy. I am not teaching that. That's not what I'm not teaching that. No, I've seen some of you guys using those fingers in the wrong way. Dr. Gladys. No, no, I'm just messing. <laughs> just messing with you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, listen. How? What is an enemy? An enemy, I gave you the definition, is a people or a person of a divided loyalty. So then how is our loyalty to God divided when we love this world? Number one, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two of these. I'll give you some examples. And, and, and again, I don't have time to give you all a, a list of things, but it, but they just kind of group them together in this category. But our loyalty to our Heavenly Father is divided when we love the things He hates. Did you hear that? The things He hates. And I have, new, I have news for you. You will never find in the Bible that God says, I hate the homosexual. Churches and, and, and many Christians teach that. God never said that. In fact, in fact, there are, there are things that are deep, deeper that God says. If you go in scripture, that he specifically says, I hate. I hate. Look it up. Read it for yourself. And, and, and this, is not about an, this is not about an acceptance. What I'm saying is that there is this campaign of hatred that comes from the church. And we disguise it or we hide it. 
as God's heart and God's desire. No, man, we love people. We love people and sinners. We just don't love sin. There's a big difference between that. But listen, when, 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 when your loyalty is divided, when our loyalty is divided with the things that he hates, then that makes us enemies. Things like corruption, injustice, lawlessness, cruelty, inequality, deception, on and on and on and on. So, 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 so look at that list. Corruption, injustice, lawlessness, cruelty, inequality, deception, and on and on. The way we treat each other, the way we treat people of other ethnicities and race and genders, the way we just treat people. That treatment, God hates that. Number two, we love this world when we love and we pursue the pleasures. Somebody say pleasures of this world. But more dangerously, when our pursuit of this world's pleasures are in place of God with an attempt to replace God. And there are many pleasures in this world that are a satanic work, a work of Satan to replace or to serve as a counterfeit. We le- we're going to learn that the word friend today to a specific generation means one thing. But if you talk to the millennials and you talk to Gen Z and you talk to the alpha generation and you talk to those generations, friendship has a whole different meaning to them. The word friend is different than what friend means to a specific generation. You'll hear children say, well, I have, I have 676 friends. And you have some kids that'll boast about it. There are other kids that will literally commit suicide because they have insufficient friends. And you and I know those that are older know that in life, you're lucky if you have one. You're lucky if you have one. One. Some of these kids, so their definition of what a friend is, has been tainted, has been corrupted, because Satan will always offer a counterfeit to God's original. So when we love the pleasures of this world in place of God in an attempt to replace God, then we become divided in our loyalty. What is a worldly pleasure? I'm just going to give you a few. I'm not going to go down and I just, I'm just going to give you a few. Any form of sex outside of his institution of marriage is a counterfeit of the institution of marriage. The institution of marriage then brings intimacy, intimacy, and then it blesses intimacy. So when intimacy is is being exercised outside of the institution of marriage, then it becomes a pleasure. So it becomes a worldly pleasure. You got that? Good. Six people earning money by scamming people. I said pleasures. And I want you to think about this. 
there are no different categories of departments in hell. You know, this place, the fire is a little lighter there and it's lighter there because, yeah, you're not, one, so you go there and this one here, we're just going to set the temperature. It's going to be, you know, because sin is sin. Sin is sin. Earning money by scamming people instead of earning it by hard work. The institution of working hard. Being honest in your work ethic. You're scamming people. Especially church people. I, I, you know, To hear some church folk, man, come up with some of the biggest scams to take money from people. That's why I went down from $20. I'm going to sell my crosses for <laughs> but running after counterfeit forms of joy. Running after counterfeit forms of joy in our in alcohol, drug addiction, and on and off. Counterfeit forms of joy. You know that the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. Did you hear that? What is our strength? The joy of the Lord. But this world, because of Satan, will offer counterfeit of God's original. Taking matters into your own hand instead of allowing God to fight for you is another one. There are many people that love to just quarrel and fight and bicker. They just love it. This is why I have to stop driving. I do. I have to stop driving. I, 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 I do. I have to stop driving. When you, when you think about the amount of people that will park their car to have a fight, huh, it's scary. People shooting each other. Rage. Anger. But the other thing is Vengeance. God says the vengeance is his. We as Christians, man, our, 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 our role is to be still, to know that he is God, and to leave room for his wrath, to step back. Listen, I know, have you been hurt before? Anybody here? I don't know, you haven't been hurt before. Nobody's here been hurt before. Anybody been hurt before? Man, have you been hurt before? Listen, don't take matters into your own hand. Don't. Don't. And, 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 and this, would, this is what makes us of a divided loyalty because what we're telling God is you can't handle this. And then we take matters into our own hands. We got to let, we just let God. And listen, I know there are times you want to punch some people in the face, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Crystal, I know you. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After a few mojitos. <laughs> now listen, listen in all seriousness. And God, God, God says, uh-uh, uh-uh, you're my child. Anyone who harms you has touched my child. Let me handle it. Let me tell you something. It is a horrendous thing to fall victim to the wrath of God. I, I, I have witnessed it myself where I have found myself having to pray for compassion. God, that's enough. Oh, that's enough. Oh, my goodness. Lord, that, that's enough. 
That's enough. So these ways, these forms are, are pleasures. There are people that get pleasure out of taking matters into their own hands. I told her, I told him, I showed him or I showed her. It'd be an employer. I, I, had, a, I had a bad haircut last week. I did. I had, a, I had a bad haircut last week, and I had asked my son to cut my hair. He said, yeah, Papa got you, never showed up. And that's just how it is, you know? You know what I'm saying? I'm saying? I did say that there are sons that, there are sons, there are, there are sons that are sons, and then there are some that aren't friends. <laughs> so I, I got a bad haircut, right? So... So I went somewhere and I got a bag. Yeah, you better get over there and play that keyboard. <laughs> so I got a bad haircut and I sat there and I was trying to grow this mullet thing. I was trying to grow this mullet thing in the back. And, um, and as I'm sitting there, I sat there and the lady goes, so, so what would you like? And I, I went all in there. I was like, I want you to blow this thing out. Boom, boom, boom. Don't go too high. Just keep it there. You know, just the perimeters, the perimeter cut in and out. When you touch my beard, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And um, the lady, the lady, I, I can tell you, she must be Satan's assistant. Because <laughs> she grabbed a clipper and she started from all the way up top and she went, bam! And then I felt it and it, I saw this lock of beautiful hair. It was just right there, beautiful, beautiful lock of hair, that good hair. And it was just there, and, I, and it was a fistful. And I, and I went like this, and I touched, and I looked at her. And she said, is everything okay? And I said, no, everything is not okay. It was 9 o'clock in the morning. And no, it was, it was her first haircut. And I was like, I was going to go to his, I was going to his concert. I was mad too. I mean, I, I, this is how I was worshiping. <laughs> I did. I was just worshiping. Just going, just going. Just going. Just going. Hallelujah. <laughs> Clapping like this. <laughs> but, but I remember, man. I just, I, I had, I had anger, anger, anger just came over me, and immediately my face did that. I just I said, no, no, it's it's fine. And she goes, it's okay. So, and she, well, well, let me let me at least let me fix it. I'm like going, no, don't fix it. Don't fix it. Let's 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 fix it less. And so so she went in and she did some things around it. And um and there was my hopes of that mullet that I wanted. Just went out the window. And um and she was talking to me. I didn't talk back to her. I was angry. The lady was nervous. She was shaking. She said, I'm going to, she, she was touching my beard. I said, it's okay. Don't, don't, don't even go there. It's fine. It, it's fine. And then and she said, I'll, I'll try to get you a discount. I said, you, you best try to get me a discount. And then she, I, I didn't see that. And then I went, and then she went and got the owner, and the guy came in, and he apologized to me. And he asked me, he said, what can I do to earn 
stay busy. Oh, I put that hair back up there, and I'll come back. You know? uh, but he's like, what can I do? And I was like, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. And then he said, well, listen, I'm not going to charge you anything. Is that okay? Is that fair? I won't charge you anything. And whatever you write on your reviews, um, it's, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll accept that. And I'm looking at the corner of my eye, and the girl was nervous. She was, you know, she was a mess over there. And I got into my car. You suck to myself. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, bro, you suck. Like that was horrible. The way you handled that was horrible. I got in my car. I left. I went to Becky, and she saw she saw my locks missing. It was like Samson. You know, I lost my strength. That type thing. So so I so I I got I got home and um I got home and that whole that whole time. That whole time, all I could think about was my conduct. My conduct. And and I, listen, I know it's a big, that's a big leap from the wrath of God and letting God fight for you and things. But what I'm saying is that there are times that something small, we let it grow so big and we let it fester and fester. And, and, and for me, it was a haircut. But for some of you, man, it's a relationship. For some of you, it, 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 could, it could be money issues, money matters, that it's just festering and you want to take matters into your hands and you've hurt some people and you've, and, and, and Jesus said this, in this the world will know that you are my disciples, that you what? Love one another. I didn't demonstrate love and I missed it. And um, so I, I wrote a real nice review. Of course, not my name, I didn't put my name on it, but I wrote a real nice review. And I said a couple it's just, it was just my word. But, but I, I say this, I say this because we, we go on through life trying to take matters into our own hands. God says, no, step aside, let me. When James was writing this, he was calling a church adulterers. Anybody knows what that is? Adultery is, is, is infidelity in marriage. That's what James is saying. James called that church in the very first verses. They were fighting self, selfishly against each other because they wanted what the other had. Because they couldn't get what the others had, they dared to pray prayers asking God to give them what the other had. You know what I'm talking about. They were literally praying to God to give me the house that Dr. Gladys has. I want that house. Uh, the one with the pool. Yeah, I want that one. Or I want that car. Or I want that husband. Or that wife. And literally, this is what they were, they were praying outside of God's will. And if you read those verses, J James had to step in and he's scolding this church. And there are times too often where our hearts become dim because we're looking at feeding the appetite of our hearts based on what someone else possesses. I want that car. They got a car. Well, I have to have that car. 
They go on vacation. Well, I got to have that vacation. And now everything has been, has, has been embellished because of what we see on social media. People, that stuff is fake. Stop it. Listen, I only post the happy times I have with Becky. I'm, be, I'm being honest. You, you right? So it's, it's, it's uh, I just want, I want that. Some of us want some, someone else's marriage. So we start, secure, security, where's my security? I told you. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. When we start moving our hearts, the desire, the evil desires and pleasures of this world, then this, this is how we become enemies of God. When we start moving our hearts to fill and replace God in us, with something counterfeit, we become his enemy. So then how do we move our hearts to desire the pleasures of this world? We start desiring, i give you a few. Other women, men outside of our marriage. We start desiring the way that some corrupt people earn money. We begin to fill our hearts with evil thoughts about other people and then we in turn, try to fill our hearts of others with the same evil thoughts. And, and, and so, so we, start, we, 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 we start having jealousy and envy and, and we, co- we, we covet. When we turn to counterfeit forms of enjoyment, happiness and joy. Yo, it shocks me to see the amount of people that can't make it to church because of the quote-unquote pandemic. Man, it can go everywhere. I'm not knocking anybody. If you're online, don't, don't, don't stop. Well, no, I just lost 17 people. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Uh, now, I didn't say because of you. You're all doing it. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. It's, it's, it's Our loyalty to our Heavenly Father becomes divided when we leave God out of the details of our lives. He doesn't want to be in a part of you. He wants to be in all of you. He wants to be in your money. He wants to be in your marriage. He wants to be in your parenting. He wants to be in your investments. He wants to be in your business. He wants to be in your education. He wants to be in every realm of your life. Every realm of your life. Many times when people want to justify their sin, they'll say things like, and I know you've all heard this stuff, I know this is wrong. You've heard people say, I know this is wrong, but God knows my heart. You ever heard people say that? Seriously, have you ever heard people say that? I know this is wrong, but God knows, huh? You say it all the time. I know this is wrong, but God knows my heart. I know you say it, Chris, all the time. He got it tattooed on his neck. I know this is wrong. God knows my heart. And we all say that God knows my heart. What matters most is that God knows my heart. Or my flesh made me do it. 
I didn't want to do it. My, my flesh made me do it. It was my flesh. My flesh made me do it. God knows my thoughts. God knows my thoughts. Becky and I have some conversations, and sometimes she'll say, but God knows my heart, honey. Oh, ba baby, that's not enough, baby. It, it don't work like that. Yes, it does, because he knows my heart. I know, no. no. And, and we can all laugh, but I want you to know that, it, that, that what is happening externally is a demonstration and manifestation of what's happening internally. And, and so, so it's not enough to say God knows my heart. That's, that's a cop-out. That's too easy. And I have news for you. God doesn't just want to be the Lord of a part of you. He wants to be the Lord, the master of all of you. All of you. So he wants your heart, Adrian. Give him your heart. Would you accept him today as your Lord and Savior? <laughs> we can't compartmentalize what, where, when and how God moves in our life. And some of us want to relegate God to just a Sunday church feeling. This is where I will allow God to move. From 11 o'clock, or most of you from 11, 17. You got to throw the red out there. It's about, it's about, you know, it's about 12:30. That's where God is. On a Monday, on Monday, me, myself, and I. On Tuesday, Wednesday, just on and on and on. And then we get here on Sunday, and we just use this to kind of wash us up, wash our guilt, wash our conscience. I want you to. I want you to know church is not what happens here. It's what happens out there. It's what happens in our homes. It's what happens in our relationships. It's what happens at work. It's what happens at the barbershop. It's what happens behind the wheel. Look, I got some of the guys back. Okay, okay, I'm back. You often hear people say, God is good. God is good, but, right? And if you, God is good. All the time and all the time, God is good. Yeah, we hear that all the time. It's not for us to, it's not enough for us to know and be aware of God's goodness in certain areas of our lives. But we ought to pursue and be familiar with his goodness in every area of our life. And some of us only relegate God to being good in one part of our life. Many people want to pick and choose where and how God can exist in their lives. God, I want you and my children, but stay away from my family. Stay away from my marriage. I want you in my business, but I don't want you in my money. I want you in my spirit. Don't touch my flesh. And you know what? Psalms 119, verse 5. I love what King David said, the psalmist. He said, he said, Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Listen, oh, that my actions would consistently reflect, consistently reflect your decrees. What is, what's a decree? His words. What is he saying here? He's saying that my actions should reflect my heart, my thoughts, my emotions. No, 
What he's saying is that my actions shouldn't reflect my heart, my thoughts, or my emotions. He's saying that my, my, my actions should reflect his words. Do, do you understand the difference? But many of us as Christians, we live the other way around. My actions reflect my thoughts, my heart, and my emotions. And, and King David is saying, no, that's not the way to live. And I'm the first one to admit that I need work on that area. There are times that my actions are a, a reflection of what's happening in, 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 inside. That is his expectation. What is God's expectation that our actions ought to reflect his word? How then do we ensure that our actions reflect his words? I'm going to wrap things up. When we need to be familiar more and more with his words. If, if, if you're not reading his words, then you don't know how your actions ought to be. It's not enough to sing songs about his words. It's not enough to memorize scriptures. It's not enough to believe his words are true. If we are friends of God, if we are truly loyal to God, his word ought to be reflected in all we do, number one, in how we live, how we live, number two, and in our treatment of others. Number three, my, my bro and I and my sister and I, we, we get into conflict all the time. We don't see eye to eye all the time. And what and tempers may fly and whatever. Ah, your mama, your mama too. And then we hang up and, and we help each other. And then and then days later or hours later, hey man, I'm sorry. You know I was just messing with you, man. We'll just squash it. Squash it. You squash it? Yeah, squash it. All right, well, let's move on. And that's always my sister, man. She's a troublemaker. But I want you to ask yourself these two questions. How is God your friend? And how are you a friend of God? How is God your friend? And how are you God's friend? Jesus said that the reason you are no longer servants is because he has revealed to you, he has manifested to you the things that God revealed to him. Next Sunday, we're going to cover, we're going to keep talking about this topic. Did you get something out of that? So I'm going to give you these three things to go home with. Number one, how close or how far I am to God is my choice. How close or how far I am to God is my choice. It's your choice. Nothing to do with the pastor. It has nothing to do with the church. It has nothing to do with the tent. No, it, it has to do how far. It's, it's up to you. Number two, undivided loyalty to him is his standard of friendship. Undivided loyalty. He doesn't want divided loyalty. He wants undivided loyalty. That's his standard of friendship towards him. Number three, lastly, I want the worship team to come back up. I'm going to talk about this one a little more. It is possible to be his child and not his friend. Let me say that again. It is possible to be God's child and still not be his friend. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org.
see you next time.